Hello and welcome to episode 115 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. I am Anthony Malakian, the U.S. Editor of Waters, and I'm joined by James Rundle, our news editor. Hello, everyone. So, in just a moment, we're going to talk about the CME's acquisition of Next Group. Um, before we get into any of that, just want to give you some updates on events we have coming up. On April 17th, just a uh, about a half a month away. We got the North American Innovation Summit here in New York City. A uh, lot of fintech discussion, a lot of AI, blockchain, things like that. Um, we'll have some startups that are going to pitch um, their services, and you guys can vote on which one had the best pitch. Uh, it's, a, it's a good event, fun event. Um, again, here in New York City, if you are an end user, so somebody from a bank, broker, um, hedge fund, asset manager, whatever have you, it's free to attend. And there are still sponsorship opportunities, stuff like that, if you are a vendor and want to get involved. And similarly, over in London on May 16th, we have the BuySide Technology European Summit. Again, this will have a BuySide focus, obviously, as you can tell by the name. And if you are an end user, just the same, it's free to attend. Um, even if you're on the sell side, you might be interested to uh, hear about some of the projects going on in the buy side, or maybe just want to network so it's some big experience. Fancy hedge fund will hire you, you know, for a yeah. job. Yeah. Everyone's golden parachute, right? Exactly. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the CME, and then we're gonna talk some boxing. But we're gonna keep this uh, fairly short today. Yeah, it's uh, an Easter special, which for Easter us special. means it's shorter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so our, our colleagues in London and in Hong Kong have today, Friday, and Monday off. We. As troopers as we are, separation of church and state here in the United States, so we are here in the office, I guess. Yeah, it's always great when your editor-in-chief emails you the day before and goes, oh, so have you got a Friday and Monday off? And you go, no, uh, we separate the church and state here. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Anyway, I'm turning in now. Have a good one. Thanks, Victor. So, the big news of the week. CME Group has bought Michael Spencer's next group for $5.4 billion, or £3.9 billion, um, thus making the CME the dominant player by some accounts in FX futures and fixed income. I think for us, there are three pieces that are most interesting for our audience here. Um, first, you have Nexus electronic trading platforms uh, such as EBS and BrokerTech, and you have its uh, post-trade business with TriOptima and how those are going to mesh with CME's offering. We have uh, Nexus investment arm, uh, Euclid Opportunities, Yep. Uh, which has provided funding to firms such as uh, Research Exchange, OpenFin, Exony, um, Cloud9, OpenGamma, many more. And then finally, there is a Brexit component to this. Uh, James, you're the one that wrote about this this week. You're the one that's been covering it. What do you want to start off with? Uh, so I think probably first important to stress that it's not a done deal yet. Yes. Um, oh, so actually, yeah, I guess maybe the disclaimer here <laughs> from James' thing. CME's acquisition of Next is subject to regulatory and shareholder approvals. Under UK takeover rules, other interested parties have 21 days to submit a counteroffer for Next, which cannot hold a shareholder vote before that. CME shareholder approval is not required for the deal to proceed. Tell them and with that out of <laughs> <laughs> uh, So there is still time for another exchange to come in and try and spoil the plot three, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Although CME's been pretty smart about this. They've done it at a time where the only real other people to be interested in the LSE doesn't have a permanent CEO. Mm-hmm. So there would have to be a pretty compelling reason for them to get involved. 
and uh, ICE, I don't think maybe ICE could get involved, but I doubt they will. Right now, the New York there's a rumor New York Stock Exchange is going after the Chicago, Chicago Stock yeah, Exchange, so yeah. maybe that's you know what they're looking at. But. I imagine so, yeah. I mean, and, and also like there are some synergies there, but nowhere near as much as CME. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in terms of what's going on with them, all of the investor material they presented yesterday and all the media call and everything else, it was very focused on what they can do with next markets, which is. Um, EBS, it's fixed income electronic platform, and BrokerTech, which uh, it's fixed income trading platform, and how that kind of works with CME, so making it a dominant player in US Treasuries trading, um, and also what it can do on the post-trade side, so what it can do with Triultima, um, all the compression services, offers, and everything else, and that kind of makes sense. I mean, um, Triultima is a multi, it's kind of like platform agnostic, so it'll still work with LCH, and it'll still work with everything else, but it does add a huge bond component to CME, um, which is obviously the leader in commodity futures and everything else. But yeah. um, They don't have really any presence over in Europe, so this kind of opens that up for them. Yeah, really. so I mean, you had sort of, you know, various other platforms which have been big in the space, like eSpeed and everything else. Um, adding this really gives them a lot of firepower. It's kind of surprising, actually, you know, they were talking about how there weren't going to be any antitrust concerns. I wonder if that's the case, or if actually, you know, competition regulators going to look at this going, hmm. Should the CME really be in charge of all these various distinct areas? But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, on the opportunity side, uh, so Euclid Opportunities, which is now Next Opportunities or Next Euclid Opportunities, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I asked Michael Spencer, um, you know, what's the plan? It wasn't mentioned in any of the documents. And he said, well, you know, we've had great success in this. And actually, Triopter, um was a company that they invested in at an early stage and then grew into the business it is today. Mm. So he said, you know, we'll probably continue to do that. He did. He wouldn't say whether next opportunities as a VC vehicle would exist as it is now. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I don't know what the appetite is at CME to to maybe have that kind of arm. They already have their own kind of innovation set up and and various other things, and they have the reach and the scale to do it themselves. Yeah. Do they need a VC arm as well, or is that going to be spun out into some kind of private equity vehicle? I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think something we're looking at though, so if you are a company that um, has received investment, then feel free to get in touch. We'd love to talk to you about sort of what it means for you. To me, that's the most, well, I mean, there's interesting, I guess, Brexit and stuff like that. They're obviously the the trading platforms itself, that's going to be interesting, sure, mm-hmm. to see how those mesh. But, you know, how next, you know, stemming out of ICAP, how it kind of became this very, very important player in the fintech space as a major investment arm into these, you know, very successful companies. Yeah. You know, OpenFin is, you know, really growing in popularity. Yeah, uh, Open Gamma, Gamma yeah, yeah, big one. Um, Cloud9 doing some really interesting stuff yep. on um, the Trader Voice space. So, you Deco know... and people, that's what I think we're kind of brought in-house and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if there's any disruption for, for those... Maybe not those firms because they already have the investment, but going forward, those next kind of firms, you know, to use their own name, I guess. Um, but you know, does does this help the case mm-hmm. uh, for potential fintech startups that are looking to get investment from a company that's been very savvy with their investments, yeah. or does this stunt what they've been doing um, over these last few years? I think that's going to be an interesting component. I mean, it plan. depends what happens to the company itself, right? As to whether it becomes the innovation investment arm of CME Group, perhaps, yeah. or if it becomes something that's just kind of half molded in, half not, or just spun out entirely. That's yeah. kind of that would be the deciding thing. It's just, I mean, this whole thing is. Is interesting, I guess, in some ways, because obviously when ICAP first split up and sold its voice breaking arm to Tullet Prem and now TB ICAP, 
NICAP itself became NEX. Tullet Prebon. Tullet Prebon. yeah. There you go. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you understand Tony's uh, linguistic <laughs> stylings. Um, I think, like, at the time, everyone knew that this was kind of Spencer's swan song, right? And everyone thought he wanted to cash out and all the rest of it. And then most reporters in this space spent about two years having constant conversations with next executives about how they're building this big front-to-back platform and they made all this investment into the rebranding and reorganization, went through a couple of CEOs, uh, Jenny Noth and people like that. It just seems like a really roundabout way to sell your company, like, over the course of a couple of years. And, like, what does that mean now for Nexus products? Like, is that whole kind of strategy they were talking about completely null and void? And if so, what the fuck have we spent the last two years talking about, really? Yeah. Um, you know, for Michael Spencer himself, obviously, it's a big payday. He gets a title. He gets to become a special advisor of the CME group, join his board. Uh, there was a report in Financial News yesterday saying that, you know, possibly six to 800 people are going to lose their jobs because of it. So, good for some people, not so good for others, really. Yeah. And, uh, and also the, the the final point, the Brexit component, is uh, is interesting as well. I mean, in typical Michael Spencer fashion, if you're not f- familiar with his background, Michael Spencer is a uh, long-term affiliate of the Conservative Party in the UK, the ruling party. Um, he was their treasurer for a number of years, and uh, he was actually going to have a peerage given to him by David Cameron, um, the former Prime Minister, in his resignation honours list, but that was actually blocked by civil servants over the whole um, libel issue. Uh and it included a line saying, you know, you CME group as part of the deal is committing to having London as its European headquarters. And so, again, I asked him about that in the media call. And he was very careful to say, we're not making a partisan statement here. There's nothing to do with Brexit. Mm. But we think London will be the financial centre. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of, I mean, I know CME has a big presence in London already. It's got a big office down by St Paul's Cathedral. Um, hundreds of people work there. But they've been making steps to pull out of London almost over the last few years. So they shut down CME Europe and CME Clearing Europe last year. Um, and there hasn't really been anything big that's been going on there. So, I mean, whether they're just using this as a base now for the technology side of things, they're just going to take over Nexus offices in Broadgate, or whether they're going to actually sort of uh, actually sort of invest in any European presence as such as remains to be seen. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought, like, you know, the, make a big deal of that the press release was kind of Michael Spencer's patriotic kind of, yes, but, and we've got a deal for London out of this as well kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um but yeah, we'll see how it goes from there. So. Okay. Um, obviously, there's going to, like I said, still 21 days. Hasn't been finalized. There could be any number of hiccups that, that pop up, as we've seen in recent years with several other big mergers that yeah. just never transpired. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. But if you have any thoughts on maybe some of the areas that we might have missed while talking, be glad to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um as far as news, you know, with Easter coming up, Good Friday today, not a lot of news. Not a lot. Yeah. There's been a lot about fintech, but it's all just the usual kind of Bank of England setting up fintech hub, yeah. UK desperately trying to protect this position post-Brexit. A couple of other new reporters have been hitting some stories, but nothing really of major notes, I guess, really. Yeah. So I think we're going to keep it nice and light, 10 minutes of, you know, uh, fintech talk, uh, whatever whatever it is that we cover here, whatever we <laughs> Now let's talk about something interesting, something I'm passionate about. Yes. It's boxing. Something I know very little about. So yes. 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 Well, don't worry. You know, I'm not going to require you to. You know, this is for me to bang the drum for my listeners to get them to watch this big fight that's coming up here okay. on Saturday. So on Saturday. Big yeah. The big fight. In, uh, what is it, the Cardiff's Principality Stadium? I don't know who plays there, but somewhere in Cardiff. There's a big stadium there, I guess. 
5 p.m. Eastern New York time, 10 p.m. UK time, Anthony Joshua, the WBA and IBF heavyweight champion, is going to be squaring off against Joseph Parker, the WBO heavyweight champion. Winner of that, likely to face Deontay Wilder um, for the WBC championship, thus unifying all the belts and becoming the first undisputed champion. Uh, well, you had Vladimir Klitschko and Vit- Vitaly Klitschko. You know, they were, they they ruled at the same time, but so they, they never fought each other. So they never really unified there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since Lennox Lewis, obviously. So this is interesting because everybody says, oh, boxing's been terrible because there's no heavyweight division. Especially here in the United States, people go, there's no good American heavyweights anymore. They're dead. They're, you know, they're, they're playing power forward for... You know, the Cleveland Cavaliers or middle mm-hmm. linebacker for, uh, you know, the, I don't know, Chicago Bears. Um, <laughs> and there's truth to that. You don't, you know, the, the American heavyweight scene since the 90s has been dreadful. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we have this undefeated kid, Deontay Wilder. He's 40-0, 39 knockouts. Most of those have come against tomato cans. Like, he hasn't fought great competition. He hasn't been properly tested. <laughs> when people say that to me, I say to him, I go, Cool. Name some of the people that Mike Tyson knocked out on his way to the championship. Before he fought Larry Holmes, who was ancient and had been retired for two years by this point. Mm -hmm. Before he fought then, he fought 32 times against the likes of... I'm going to rattle off some names here. Pinklin Thomas, Bonecrusher Smith, Mitch Blood Green, Marvish Frazier, Trevor Burbick, Tony Tucker. Yeah, If you're going to try and tell me those were legit great heavyweights... I got another thing for you. <laughs> so, Deontay Wilder has built, padded his record, there's no doubt. But there's reason to get involved. I mean, he's young, he's he's electrifying, very unorthodox. So you do have that American component, American heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Anthony Joshua is the finest heavyweight that I've seen in a long, long time. As far as, I mean, dude is uh, six foot six, 242 pounds. He's weighing 12 pounds lighter for this fight against Joseph, who's himself. So, just to back up. Joshua's 20-0, 20 knockouts, um, 28 years old. Joseph Parker, 24-0, 18 knockouts, 26 years old. Undefeated two heavyweight champions fighting each other after Deontay Wilder fought Luis Ortiz, um, who, who Luis Ortiz at the time was 28-0. So we're kind of getting this tournament to decide who is the baddest man on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. And so this is a big, big fight, and it's it's an interesting fight. And I just, I, people have kind of tuned out of boxing for a long time, and rightfully so. Um, but right now is the most exciting time to watch him because you do have a heavyweight division that is interesting with power-punching, exciting heavyweights. Um, and then below that, you know, you have, I've got, if, if you got to watch Anthony Joshua fight Vladimir Klitschko last year, it's one of the greatest heavyweight well, fights I was going to say, watch. I mean, like, uh, you know, obviously you had the McGregor fight, and, and but this time last year was the Klitschko-Joshua fight, right? Yeah. And we were talking on the podcast at the time, we were saying, uh, you know, how this is going to hopefully usher in a new era of interest in boxing. Has that really even emerged, do you think, in terms of viewership numbers and in terms of everything else? Or? The numbers have been good, but, you know, unfortunately, it's, you know, it's still... It, a fight like this, what what concerns me a little bit about popularity is, so you do have this American heavyweight mm. who will likely face the winner of this, if not the next fight, you know, hopefully within the next year. Boxing, politics, you know, can be difficult, obviously. 
you don't really hear anything about this fight. You know, in, in the UK, I know it's kind of a big deal. But here in the US, you know, in sports and stuff like that, I haven't really seen, you know, when I turn on the sports, you know, page and stuff like that. It's surprising because it's at like a decent time for a change, right? You know, sort of. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It's, it's, and it's on, in the US, it's on Showtime, so premium cable, but not paper, it's not a pay per view. Mm hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure. I think that you know boxing has really hurt itself over the years. Um, you know, Pacquiao Mayweather not fighting until the very end of you know Pacquiao's prime. Um, you know, just mega fights that just never kind of happened. The heavyweight division being dominated by the Klitschko's, who had no real appeal here in the U.S. Um, it's the, the sports really hurt itself. Yeah. But if you were going to come back to it. Now's the time. This fight is a great fight. I think, you know, Parker has a tremendous chin um, by all accounts. He hasn't fought the elite level competition yet. but and So I think that he'll last a while. I, I see it being a stoppage in the 8th, ninth, 10th round, but not where Joshua knocks him out or anything like that, where the corner or the referee just says, all right, you've taken enough of beating. You know, Joshua's got like a 6-inch reach advantage, a tremendous jab. He's athletic as any heavyweight I've seen in a long time. So you expect Joshua to take it? Then? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, usually when you see these big lumbering heavyweights, they're gangly. You know, they fight this, you know, even, you know, uh, Lewis was, you know, kind of awkward a lot of times. Hence why I got knocked out because... Lumbering kind of, yeah. you know, slowly. The chin was kind of out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's actually got some deafness and uh, nuance to it. I mean, he is. First of all, he's... Built like an Adonis. I mean, it's just <laughs> absolutely spectacular. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a really, really exciting fight. I, I, I hope that people can start to get behind this because I know he's a big deal in the UK. Unfortunately, Joshua's only fought in the UK. If you want to make big dollars, well, he makes big dollars, but if you want to get that American audience, you got to yeah. come here and fight in America. We, we Americans, we are hegemonic, man. We do not care if it's not happening on our shores. Screw you, we do yeah, not care about it, you know? That's it, yeah, especially if you're not a Brit. Uh, <laughs> or a Russian <laughs> uh, So it's on Showtime, but it's not pay-per-view. Just if you've got a subscription on Showtime, Showtime you can watch it. Showtime. In, so it's on, I know in the UK it's on Sky Sports Box Office, which is a That will be pay-per-view, yeah. yeah. That'll be 60 or 70 per Yeah, probably so, something yeah. like that. Um, that's great, though. It means I can watch it. Nice. But, you know, it's a big fight. It's something worth watching. You know, it's on, again, 5 p.m. Eastern here, 10 p.m. in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so give it a try. If, if if you love boxing, if there was a time when you loved Mike Tyson, you know, yeah. Well, th- these heavyweights, you know, this guy's twenty and zero with twenty knockouts, and he's only twenty six years old. You know, yeah, he's not twenty one like uh, twenty like um, Tyson was. Still, tune in, give it a try, yeah. come back to it, see what you like here, because we've had some really great heavyweight fights, and then you can be exposed into guys like Vasil Lomachenko, and you know, we, we, you know, you start going into some of these lighter weight divisions. It's like, oh my god, yeah. Keith Thurman, you know, some of the talent that exists out there. Errol Spence. Tune in for this. Give it a try. That's what I'm imploring. Yeah. Everyone likes a heavyweight bout, so you know, come on. Yeah. You usually get the knockout, and this is going to be a big fight. If, if there isn't a knockout, it'll at least be entertaining. Because mm-hmm. the only reason why there won't be a knockout is because um, Parker's chin's so good, and there's a chance. I mean, Parker's a very good. Heavyweight, you know, from New Zealand. You know, he's fought some solid competition in uh, Hugh Fury, um, Alexander Dimitrenko, uh, Andrew Ruiz. So he's fought some capable guys, yeah. but uh, so this is a huge step right, up so. for him. Yeah. So go tune it out. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I got here. I mean, that's the that's the thing that I find to be most interesting from this week is going to be this fight, and then hopefully it's a good one, and we can chat about it next week too. Yep, sure. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, that's about all we got. Um, enjoy uh, your Easter. Enjoy your long weekend if you have one. Bastards. If you're like us, we will be in the office on Monday, so feel free to reach out to us. Um, otherwise, uh, have a good weekend. Cheers.